0: Let's uh, welcome in a man who could offer some insight into, well, not only uh, what uh, the Ki- two Kiwi players are doing, but what the NRL could possibly do. Let's welcome in Richard Ings, kind enough to join us. He is former SADA uh, boss in Australia, the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Authority. Richard, appreciate your time this afternoon. Not a problem. Happy to chat. When you see, when when you came across the story yesterday, or the day before. What goes through your mind? What pops into your mind firstly? Well,
1: you know, we know that illicit drugs like cocaine are a problem in society. But we also know that sports like rugby league recognise the issue and have in place purportedly illicit drug programs to reduce the risk. So when there's an avalanche of allegations of players and even club administrators being involved in the use, alleged use, of illicit drugs, then it raises alarm bells as to whether those policies of the sport are actually effective at all.
0: Because, as you rightly point out, this isn't the only story this week. Sean Kenny Dow, what's going on with Cronulla Chairman Damien Keogh? Uh, Drip, 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 all within a few days. Uh, That's alarm bells in Richard Ng's mind.
1: Yeah, and it's not just in the last 48 hours. You go back to earlier this year, we had the Ben Barber situation at the Cronulla Sharks, um, also involving illicit drugs. We had Simona um, as well, um, also involving illicit drugs. So this has been more of a drip, drip, drip of issues in the National Rugby League. It's been a constant flow of issues uh, both this year and in previous
0: years. I'd... Would position it as it's not just a league issue but you're saying here that they're probably at the top of the pyramid as as organizations what that are feeling the the impact more than most
1: yeah look look this as i pointed out earlier there's no doubt this is a societal issue but um across society you rugby league is a little bit different and it's different because rugby league has a drug testing program rugby league has ongoing education rugby league has situations um, and sport in general situations where players in both rugby league and other sports have been busted along these lines before. Um, yet we still continue to see the same issues, which must reflect on the, on the capability and the credibility of the anti-illicit drugs programs currently in place.
0: Former ASADA boss Richard Ings with us here on Radio Sport. The two rugby league systems, the relative strengths and weaknesses would be what? Well, within
1: the sport of rugby league, you've got to give them a little bit of credit for trying to get involved in in reducing the harm of illicit drug use. But one thing that I've noted in this space, both at my ASADA time and since then, is that where you have, whether it's an anti-doping or an anti-illicit drug system, where there is basically no consequence for a first defence, where there's a confidential strike for a first defence, it means that players have a, a lower degree of risk in in the usage, potential usage of illicit drugs. If there is a consequence, a real consequence with the first strike, then it is a much, much greater deterrent to people going down that path of using an illicit drug when their sport bans it.
0: So the NRL's illicit and hazarded drug testing policy is what needs to be looked at and overhauled in your mind?
1: Yeah, well, if, if we've got a situation where these allegations apply, whereby we've got players Subject to allegations after an international test match, where they they felt that there was a low degree of risk of of, of being caught for for breaking rules after an international test match, then clearly there is something amiss with the NRL's anti illicit drug policy, and uh, that that needs to be reviewed and reflected.
0: Yeah, I think first positive test, what player receiving a suspended fine, they must undertake a mandatory treatment program, and then for a second offence would serve a 12-match ban. That doesn't seem particularly strong to me, even for a second offence.
1: Well, there's two aspects of this. The, the first aspect is that if, if the players involved in these allegations have simply returned a positive first stroke test, then they would have really incurred no consequence whatsoever. So there's a there's a lack of consistency in these programs because a positive test means basically nothing but if they happen to end up in the media as a result of a situation like the weekends then people are clamoring for some sort of a consequence. So firstly it has to it has to be consistent whether you're picked up uh, by the by the police or whether you return a positive drug test because basically you've engaged in the same conduct.
0: So so what happens in this instance what do you think is going to happen because you've made it pretty clear you, you feel the NRL and Todd Greenberg has the head in the sand I think was the quote you used so you're not expecting much as as far as a sanction goes from here
1: well look, I mean there has been some discussion in media circles as to, as to potential sanctions among some of the Australian based players um, and what's been discussed there is that there should be a too much ban. Um, my view is whether you end up in the media or whether you return a positive first test for an illicit drug there must be a consequence because you need to have the deterrent from players being involved in using these drugs in the first place. If the sport is dead serious about tackling this issue, then there must be a consequence. And the consequence that I've called for with a first, uh, first offence is, is publication and counselling. It's the publication of names which is the single greatest deterrent to an athlete being involved in, in using a, a recreational drug unless a drug.
0: So the court of a public opinion. but Won't that come into it? Are you worried about the potential sort of um, downside to that?
1: Look, um, one, of, one of the other aspects of this is when you've got a program with confidential strikes, it's almost impossible to keep those strikes confidential over long periods of time. So I find it's much better to make a public announcement. Um, it's better to explain to the public and to the athletes why a public announcement uh, needs to be made. In many, many of the cases that I've worked in the anti-doping space, I've had athletes say, look, I'll take the one-year ban, I'll take the two-year ban just please don't release my name publicly. That publication is a huge deterrent to the breaking of rules.
0: So do, do you know much about the systems? Like, If these players go back to their club, will they immediately be put through a, a, a testing protocol? What, what will happen on that front?
1: Well, the NRL has, a, has an out-of-competition illicit drug testing program. They're, they're not really very transparent about how that program functions. From what we understand... Much of the testing is club-based. So you've got clubs themselves who are involved in testing their own players. Um, that in, in itself is a massive conflict of interest. Um, these sort of programs need independent testing where testers can come in anytime, anywhere and test any player on a targeted basis to really deter the use of not just performance-enhancing drugs but also illicit drugs.
0: So over time, is this becoming more common? Uh, and not just in league circles uh, or is it much for much as it has been like this for, for many a year as far as athletes using these type of narcotics?
1: Well, I mean, this has been an issue that's been going on for, for a long, long time and it will go on into the future. Um, what needs to be reflected on is what is the cause of so many players this year and just in the last 48 hours being involved in these sort of allegations, um, particularly players in positions of leadership, particularly club administrators in positions of leadership. If if there are weaknesses in the anti-illicit drug policy that sees uh, players and administrators at that level of responsibility involved in breaking rules, then clearly there is significant room for improvement.
0: Would you have any advice to, say, the NRL... Uh, sorry, the NZRL, as they ponder what to do with these uh, two players in particular?
1: No, look, I I really don't want to get into issues of employment contracts and and what the consequences should be. Um, What I'm more focusing on is we need to get back to a first principle of how we create a greater deterrent to this happening in the first place. Um, If a group of players after an international match are able to go into the city of Canberra where I live and be involved in these sort of allegations, then clearly the risk of being caught was not sufficiently high to deter it. The culture was not correct in deterring it, and these sort of issues need to be tackled head-on by the NRL and by the New Zealand
0: Rugby League. And let's be fair, if this is done in a dark alley away from a CCTV, we're not talking about this, are we?
1: Well, that's, that, that's very true, and um, you know, what is staggering to me is to, is to think that these players would not have had to fear of being subject to an illicit drug test um, the morning after a big international match. Um, that would be the time when illicit drug testing would, would would very well take place from a targeted perspective to ensure that there, that there were no post-match celebrations involving the use of banned substances.
0: Former ASADA boss Richard Ings with us. A couple more before I let you go. If, and I know you follow <clears throat> a, a wide variety of sports and always have as far as this battle. Are there many... That you look to and say right other sports should follow them what they are doing is the right way no no no
1: um actually it's it my view is it's been done very poorly well what you tend to see in professional sport is a view to treat this uh, as a health issue and and absolutely it is a health issue but by the same token When players are involved in using illicit drugs, it goes beyond the individual. It becomes a reputational risk for the sport. It becomes a reputational risk for the club. It becomes a a reputational risk for sponsorship of sports and clubs. And it also becomes a corruption risk because players involved in using Illicit drugs may be subject to, to, to blackmail. They may be subject to approaches about max, match fixing and, and other aspects of corrupt conduct in sport because of the of the dire need to keep their use of these illicit drugs confidential from from the public and from their sports administrators. It's a huge risk, and that's why comprehensive programs are needed.
0: So while it is a victimless crime, they are doing it to themselves. They, by extension of what of the of the jobs they have that they're hooting their game
1: yeah and that's that's exactly right and why the sports such as the nrl and other professional sports you know credit to them for doing something but more needs to be done because one individual player using illicit drugs for their own personal use which they may think is their own personal business it's banned in sport for a reason because of the serious consequences that can potentially flow to that individual player and also to the integrity and the credibility of the sport itself.
0: So in summary here, Richard, your advice to the NRL, if they're willing to listen, is things need to change. You need to overhaul your system.
1: Well, I think the advice that would need to be offered is there's a program in place. It's been in place for a while. Um, It's seeking to achieve certain goals. But this year, given the number of incidents involving the use of recreational drugs, illicit drugs, it's very clear that the questions have to be asked whether that program is, is effective in this current day and age. So uh, a complete review of that program to see where it is failing, why so many, particularly in positions of leadership, are breaking rules, um, should be put in place and improvements identified and fast-tracked.
0: Richard, I really appreciate your time and insight. Hopefully, yeah, uh, we Thanks can catch you up much. down the line. I appreciate, appreciate yeah. your time.